Lock the gate! <laughs> All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck tuplets? What the fuck nicks? How's it going? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. How are you? Have you gotten over your Omicron yet? Have you gotten over your COVID yet? Have you got the COVID? It, are, how are things out there? Are you freaking out? Are we freaking out? Is anything getting better? I don't know. I don't know. My guest today is Nicole Byer. People love Nicole Byer. Everybody seems to love Nicole Byer. She's uh, the host of Nailed It on Netflix, her stand-up special. I believe it's on Netflix as well. She's got four different podcasts going, uh, or, or Wipeout, uh, which is a, a game show she hosts as well. Lots of other things, because uh, she's, she's everywhere. She's all places, Nicole Byer. She's on this new NBC series, Grand Crew, and she'll also be hosting the uh, Critics' Choice Awards with Tay Diggs. And I talked to her today. I talked to her. So when I spoke to you, on uh what is it last week last thursday i told you that i was planning on going to bob saget's funeral going to the cemetery i don't do that and i've had a realization as of late uh it's not it's not policy but i haven't found myself at funerals and i've lost a lot of people that i know that are close to me and either they're you know it would be a travel situation or i'm on the road or whatever I just felt the need, a deep need to go to Bob Saget's funeral because Bob Saget was a great guy. We weren't best friends, but the times that we did talk and the times we did hang out, just a, a just a loving person. And a, I, I'm going to miss him. And I think when I think about him, it makes me sad and I miss him. I wanted to go for closure. I wanted to go to the funeral and I went and it was a lovely service. Rabbi was funny, killed, had a great joke right, right out of the gate. I think the joke was someone somewhere along the lines of uh, he said, like, if I'm sure if Bob were here, he'd be wondering the same thing. We are. We're all wondering why. Why? Why couldn't it have been Stamos? Very funny. Opened with it. Strong. But it wasn't. Yeah, obviously, it wasn't a comedy show. And it was a bit. It was heavy. It was sad. And the cantor sang the, the, the songs that cantor sing in the Hebrew. You got to wear the yarmulkes and his daughter spoke and it was just devastating. And some of his friends spoke at the funeral and his wife spoke and it just to feel all that grief, the weight of it. And then to uh, kind of sit in that space. And that, that, that cemetery is very close to me. I drive by it all the time. And then it was interesting because I, I still find, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. Do you know what I mean? This like this funeral was so pleasant and so clearly this guy lived the life he wanted to live and loved and 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 had people that loved him. I can't even imagine what my funeral will be. It's going to be a lot of people saying like most people didn't really know Mark the way I knew him, but he was a you know he was a good guy. He could be difficult. You know, nine people in the room. They had the cars all parked in line so everyone could kind of leave the parking lot in a procession, right, to go to the the burial site. And I was about three lines in. You know, they were lined up. And there, there were people cutting. There were people, you know, pulling out of their line to, to go on the procession, you know, before their turn. And, uh, and I, I immediately was like, you know, fuck, what the fuck is that guy doing? 
what the fuck? Like, what's the hurry? But I still had that impulse. Like, these people are cheating. You know, they're going to get what? What are they going to get? They're not going to put them in the ground without everybody there. I, I just have to, I have to check myself, man. But it was heavy, man. It was obviously heavy. But it was, like I said, the service was beautiful. People were there for it. And I watched them, you know, put him in the ground. And I drive by that exit and by that, like, I see that cemetery from my hike three days a week. And I was driving back from the comedy store. I actually went and did comedy the night of the funeral. And it was not good. Too raw. Couldn't speak from the right place. And I drive past it almost daily, that cemetery. And I just couldn't wrap my brain around the idea as I was driving home, like on Friday night, that a week ago, Friday, Saget was home in his house, living his life. And I just saw them put him in the ground right over there. He was in his house, in his bed. Now he's in the ground right over there. I can't, I can't get that out of my head. And I'm going to miss knowing he's alive in the world. I really am. Something happened the other night. What day is today? Monday, Saturday night, I had a spot at the uh, comedy store, 9.15. And Jeff Ross you know, texted me that, that he and John Mayer and uh, Chappelle... We're going to uh, take over the belly room, which is the small room upstairs. It seats about 80 maybe in the comedy store for, you know, just for to blow off some steam for Saget's family and friends. So it was this little kind of private show upstairs. He said, look, I'm going to tell John Mayer. John's going to bring another guitar if you want to hang out. And there's still part of me that's sort of like, nah, this is a setup. But Jeffrey Ross has been very nice to me and he seems to look out for me and he wants to make sure I'm part of things. So, but I get to the comedy store and, um, yeah, I'm waiting around to do my spot. They're running a little late and people are starting to come for that. So I see Jeff and I talked to him for a while and then a lot of other people that, you know, you know, I saw them at the funeral as well, but, uh, you know, his family's coming, you know, his daughters show up who I've never met and Jeff introduced me to his daughters and one of his daughters said, uh, my father liked you a lot. And I just like, you know, got choked up and I'm like, I got to, I guess I got to go play guitar. Now, I did bring two picks with me because like all I could think of is like, there's like, I'm not, it's not going to be some, I'm not going to have to get on stage and, you know, go toe to toe with John Mayer. It just be, might be fun to play a little guitar with John Mayer even for a few minutes because he's so fucking good. But just in case I threw the picks in my pocket. I don't know, I went up there and I was just watching from the back of the room after I did my set and Chappelle looks in the back of the room, he's talking and Jeff's on stage talking and John Mayer is just sitting there with a guitar, they're talking about Bob Saget, they're getting laughs here and there and Chappelle's like, is that Mark Marin?" And I'm like, yes, yes. He's like, oh, an OG. What's up, man? He says, I'm sorry I didn't get to see you at the funeral, we didn't get to talk, I know you had some loss in your life as well and... I'm sorry. I'm glad to. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, and this is like in front of everybody. I'm like, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And then Ross is like, "Come up here. We got another guitar." John Mayer's like, well, "I brought a guitar," and I'm like, "I don't know. You know, come on, man. I'm not. You know, no, no, no." And I'm like, "I got two picks in my pocket." 
And the audience is like, yay, come on. And I'm like, all right. And I get up there and put a guitar on, sat there, me next to Mayor, next to Ross in between. Uh, Ross was in between me and Mayor. Me and John were trading licks, doing a little blues and everything, you know. I did all right, held my own. It wasn't like a music show. It was just sort of like Dave was talking, Jeff was talking, I'd chime in, John Mayer would chime in. But the truth is, is like, despite what anyone thinks about anybody at this point in time, this was a night for Bob's friends and family. These were comics getting together, you know, to uh, blow off a little steam after an incredibly difficult week for friends and family of Bob Saget. And it got racy and it got interesting and it got fun and it got real and there was a lot of smoke. <laughs> I hadn't been around that much smoke, whether it's a Chappelle cigarettes or weed or what, whatever was going on. I left, I left, I, I only hung out about an hour and I realized like, oh, this is what happens. You know, this is like, I know these guys sometimes stay on stage for hours and I'm like, they just get fucked up and they keep going and going because they don't want to, you know, just they're having, they don't want to be alone or they don't want to stop or, but I got, I got out after about an hour it was hard. I had to extricate myself and I was, there were people going, no, and I'm like, I got to go, I got to go. And I felt the smoke in my head. In my head, I felt it. But again, I was happy to do it. I was happy to uh, be part of the community and uh, be part of the show. And it was very sweet of Bob's daughter to say that. And it was good to see everybody. So as I mentioned earlier, Nicole Byer is here. And the new series she's on is called Grand Crew. It's on NBC, but you can see her on all her other stuff or listen to her on all her other stuff. She does a lot of stuff. Grand Crew is on NBC. New episodes on Tuesday nights. This is me talking to the uh, very funny, very charming, kind of exciting, Nicole Byer. I was, I'm not a baker. <laughs> Neither am I. You're not? No. You ever try? Um, I have tried. I can make ooey gooey butter cake. It's a Paula Dean recipe. I know she's bad. She said the N word a couple times, on, you know, on record. Hey, if, if you're okay with it, I'll be okay with it just for this conversation. It's tasty. <laughs> <laughs> you can't taste the racism. It's just sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can make that. I can make mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Baked? Uh-huh. I've, yeah. I've baked some mac and cheese in my day. Were you like in the in the like a roasting pan, the whole layer of it? Yeah, yeah. You make like the roux. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Right, right, and right. Then you pour it over the noodles. My yeah. mom used to make it, and I, I'm on a quest to try to make it the way my mother right. used to. Right. Did you get it? My sister has said good try. Yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, it's not no, quite. Not quite. But is almost. there onion in it? My mom put onion. Yeah. In it. Right. Yes. That's part of that. It's like that uh, joy of cooking recipe. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah, I guess. I don't know the joy of cooking recipe. Oh, it's like that classic one. Like there was a the period there where I was just trying to bake, or just not bake, but because uh, I cook a lot, so I was just asking questions. Not because you host a, a show <laughs> where people make uh, fucked up cakes. <laughs> I can cook uh, uh, Irish uh, soda bread. That's ah. a, and a pie, I can do a pie. Okay, I'm just trying to get on your show. What do I got to do to? <laughs> you have to make be able to not bake. You have to be bad at it. No, I, but I can't do it improvisationally. I got to have a recipe. <laughs> you mean people just get on there and they they don't even know how much flour to put in? Kind of the first couple seasons, it was people who truly 
couldn't read directions, had no artistic eye because it's like you got to make a cake, but then you got to make it into like a shark or something oh. like that. Uh, so this is one of those because I, you know, I get the idea of the show. <laughs> it, you're basically like people are signing up. They're like, I'm okay looking stupid. Uh huh. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And it's like I get it. I'm in yeah. on the joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, ooey gooey butter cake. That's good. I can make cookies. That's pretty easy. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't want to have them around. Oh. I don't want. I don't want cookies in my house. Oh. I got chocolate in my house. I can't have ice cream in my house. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because then it's just an ongoing battle. Like I, you know, look, I I'm crazy. I have a, okay. you know, I have a, I had a, a, I grew up with an anorexic mother. Ah. So okay. I, my my ideas about uh, eating and food are not great. Okay. So it's an ongoing, uh, like last night, for instance, mm-hmm. um, I was sad. My buddy Bob Saget passed away yesterday. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought like, well, maybe I should go get a pint of ice cream and just plow through it. Yeah. But no, but I made the different choice. I'm like, you know what? There's a Baskin and Robbins down the street. I'm just going to go get a cone. Oh, see, okay. I like that. <laughs> I thought you were depriving yourself of oh. yummy treats. No, no. When I, It's just when I have them in the house, I'll mm-hmm. eat all of them. Yeah. And fast. I, I'm the same way. Yeah. So what happens is if I got ice cream in the freezer, mm-hmm. I'm just sort of like, I'm going to have to get rid of that by eating it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People were sending me pints and pints. Oh. Yeah places oh they were like this guy will put it on instagram from where jenny's was sending me okay for a while and then there's this place in uh i have a problem with jenny's really yes i i have a problem too but it'd be different than yours okay i wonder what your problem is so i went in i asked for a half scoop because i have portion control issues and the lady behind the counter said we can't do that and i said why I just want like half of a kid's scoop. And she said, we don't do that. I have to charge you for a full scoop. And I said, that's okay. Yeah. I just want half of it and I yeah. don't want to throw it away. Right. Because I won't throw it away. I'll just right. eat it. And she said, right. we can't do that. And I was so angry. I was like, I'll get nothing. So I have a, not a vendetta against Jenny's, but if someone's like, let's go to Jenny's, I'll be like, no, thank you. So you, even in paying full price, they wouldn't give you the half? No. Hmm. She insisted on giving me the full scoop, even though I didn't want it. Huh. So my, that's, that's my problem with Jenny's. That's, well, that's that's more of a, 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 a consumer problem, mm-hmm. kind of like a, like a like a problem with their policy. Yes, I this place that I was getting ice cream from in St. Louis, mm-hmm. like they're sending it to me from St. Louis. This oh. place, Clementine's. There's a few of them Ooh. in the St. Louis area. Okay, it's artisanal ice cream. Ooh. Now, in order to call something artisanal, it has to have a certain amount of milk fat in it. So, like eighteen percent or something crazy, right? Like most okay. ice cream you buy. At the store, it's like 16%. So you eat this stuff, and it means it has to be made by hand and have that high milk fat in it. Okay. So it's like real fucking ice cream. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the woman who owned that place told me, with these other places, they don't have it. haagen nope. Jenny's, nope. Used to, no more. Once Why? they went, went corporate, because like art, you have to do it by hand. Oh, oh, yes. And, and that's milk time fat, consuming. Yeah, but you can cut corners. With uh, milk fat, if you learn the trick, why not save money? And that's what they care about. Interesting. So it's not even it's not even top notch. There's this place in Brooklyn called The Social. So yeah. they used to own Ample Hills Creamery, and then I don't know something happened. They left that, and they yeah. started a new one called The Social. 
and maybe theirs is artisanal. I feel like theirs is handmade. Probably, yeah. And it's very, very rich. rich. It's yeah. so good. Right? They have one called Ooey mm. Gooey Butter Cake. That's mm. what I'm always coming back to. It's my favorite. A lot of them do that now, the butter cake mm-hmm. one. It's so good. So... We're, like I, wa- I watched some of the stand up. I mean, I don't know you. You're, uh, you're. I mean, I didn't know you was a stand up because I'm old though. I'm old now. It's I don't okay. know. I don't know any of the kids anymore. Oh, thank you for calling me a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's so but, young. But where'd you come from? Where'd I come from? Middletown, New Jersey. Well, I started doing improv in New York at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, and then moved out here. So I was doing like sketch and improv. But you grew up in Jersey. Uh huh. Wow, that's I. I'm. I'm from Jersey. What part of Jersey are you from? Well, I'm, I'm genetically Jersey, as I like to say. <laughs> Both my parents from Jersey. I was born in Jersey. I lived in Jersey till I was like six. Okay. Pompton Lakes is where my mother's from. From mm. Morris, that's Morris County, I think. Maybe that's Bergen South? County. That's North. Yeah, yeah, North Jersey. Yeah. And uh, my dad from Jersey City. Oh, okay. So you're North Jersey. I'm so, from Central Jersey. Yeah. But you probably uh, people in North Jersey are like that's South Jersey. People in South Jersey are like that's North. But we're like we're Central. We yeah. exist. Yeah, but it's not, by, it's not by Patterson, no. I don't think so. <laughs> it's funny. People from Jersey have no idea where other places in Jersey. You must are. know where some of par- parts of Jersey are. I know where Princeton is. Right. Oh, so it's near there. Or uh, no. No. Oh. <laughs> It's by, <laughs> so it's by like Red Bank, yeah, yeah, Little Silver, Red Bank, where the Count Basie Theater is. Yes, yes, and that's a dream of mine. I want to play the Count Basie Theater. Real, because you grew up by yeah. it. Yeah, I, like, uh, I played it. Is it fun? Yeah, I think I'm going back to it. Oh, I think they're calling nice. it some. Of, I think they're calling it something else now. <gasps> oh no, that um, makes me very very like the sad. Red Bank something center maybe. No, boo. Yeah, where's Count Basie? How do Count we lose Basie? Count Basie? I, I, who is Count Basie? You know who Count Basie is. I sure don't. Oh, see? I'm uh, young. You have to remember. Count Basie was a piano player and band leader oh. that I believe started with Duke Ellington. Oh, okay. So there was the Count Basie Orchestra. Oh. Kind of swing and stuff, pre-bebop kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, big uh, jazz orchestra. Maybe there I'll you listen go. to some of them. got to listen to Count Basie. We yeah. can do it right now. now okay. Uh, you can do it later. <laughs> so... Um, but you, like growing up, like how many brothers and sisters? Are you a big family? Just one sister, yeah. one older sister who's very tiny, so she looks younger than me. Uh, How's she doing? She's good. She's a teacher, and she's really sweet. Teacher. Yeah. That's a good job. It is a nice job. I could never. What, how old? Uh, what kid? How old the kids? They're young. I think they're like six, maybe six, seven, oh, eight. Oh, so real, real kids. Yeah. So they're like, not horrible yet. They're well, they're not I, horrible, but they're horrible like kids. Not yeah. horrible like you know bad kids. Yeah, they're not terrible. But she'll tell me stories, and I'm like, kids are just. They're unreasonable. Mm. You can't reason with them. They say something no. wild, and then you're like, well, yeah. that might not be true. And they're like, but it is. I yeah. said it. It's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do it. She's I can't. Sweet. I don't have any. I can't uh, I can't spend too much time with them. I yeah. don't love them. <laughs> um, they're sticky and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I just can't imagine having one in my house where you yeah. like wake up, and they're like staring at hey, you, and they're yeah. like, excuse I'm ready. me, ready for excuse my me. Day. Or like at night, they're like, there's a man closet and you're like oh no i don't want to deal with a haunting go to sleep yeah i don't want it i just i found early on i think that i am uh too selfish uh too panicky and too angry yeah to have them i I, think i can't uh a lot of people who do have them are like that like that no 
and I, they maybe should not have had children. I say that on stage now. I'm like, you don't have to. Yeah. You, I mean, you can make choices. You're yeah. not a dog. Yes. <laughs> you can make grown-up choices yeah. not to have them. You do anything you want. Yeah. I don't think I want them. Although, if I turn 50 and I'm still a single woman, I'll probably adopt like an older kid and be like, you're my friend. Right, yeah. 15-year-old? That'd yeah. be a little weird. Uh, yeah. Maybe Fuck. like 13? <laughs> yeah. 15's too old. I don't want to be your mother, but I just yeah. want someone to be around. Yeah, you call me Nicole. We travel. We have a good time. Maybe go to school a little bit. People will look at you weird. You think? Yeah, they might judge you a little bit. If I adopt an older kid, that's my new friend? Yeah, if you buy an older kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figure older kids don't get adopted often, so like, wouldn't it be nice if I got one? Sure, like, sure. Come on, friend, let's go to France. Yeah, yeah. What if you... I don't know. I, I guess there's probably a reason why older kids don't get adopted. It's a sad reason, but they're kind of setting their ways already. Yeah, but... Yeah. Are you setting your ways if a nice lady with money wants to take you around the world? I think right, you kind well, of been doing. You go, this is fun for me. Why don't you just find like a twenty-year-old? <laughs> no I guess, one. yeah. I get like a twenty-one-year-old. Like you're of legal age. Let's yeah, hang out, and be friends. Exactly. <laughs> See what happens. Adopt a twenty-one-year-old. <laughs> so what? Uh, like what world did you grow up in? I don't know what Middletown. Middletown. Yeah, Middletown, Lincroft in Middletown. Uh, What'd you like folks do? What was the story over there? What was it? I mean, in high school, I smoked a lot of weed. A lot of weed? And then went to Chili's and would say it was one of our birthdays and so we'd giggle is, and get a free dessert. That was your childhood. <laughs> Smoke weed, went to Chili's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, high school. Say, was, lied about your birthday. Was, yeah, it was a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, I smoked a lot of weed in high school. Uh, I yeah. go to English class a lot high and my teacher would be like, do you want to read this part of the book? And um, I'd laugh and I'd be like, no, I can't. I can't, I can't I do that. I had the same thing and I had to go to the nurse because <laughs> I was so embarrassed. Because I, I was, it wasn't English. It was like some other like social studies or something. Mm-hmm. And she asked me to read and I literally couldn't handle it. Uh-huh. But I felt so embarrassed. I said, I got to go to the nurse. I'm, I'm too high. I would just giggle and be like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. But you had friends, right? Who were probably <laughs> yeah. having fun. Yeah. No one knew I was high. Oh, you were just doing it by yeah. yourself? Uh, well, no, I was out with other people oh, but they, okay. at lunch or whatever, yes. but they weren't then there. Go to the club. I wasn't part of a crew. <laughs> I, was just, I was just a lone stone Stolen dude. stone and social studies being like, mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do it. It's the worst feeling. It is. A weird feeling to be alone in a school setting where you're like, sorry, I can't function up too high for I this. Can't, I can't read. <laughs> I couldn't tell her I was too high. Uh, I remember the teacher, Mrs. Wall. Mine weird. was, I think, Mrs. DeMarco. Did you do anything in high school? Um, my mother was like, you talk a lot, so why don't you do the play? And I was like, okay. And that's oh, really? how I got into acting and performing. What, how old were you then? I think I was 15. Mm. What'd your mom 14, do? 15. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, oh, yeah. but she also like was a lunch aide at my school because she lunch was like, obsessed with me, couldn't get away from me. Your she mom was like, couldn't... let me come to school with you. Really? <laughs> yeah. She was so she treated like... you like you want to treat your adopted kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was like, I got to go everywhere with this little kid. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. What does a lunch aide do? Uh, during lunch, yeah. you like... Watch right. over the kids. Just hang out. Wow, that's interesting. I like don't yeah. remember. Is everything okay at this table? Yeah, do I think. <laughs> do you need napkins, plates, <laughs> uh, forks, knives? What do you need? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was just like volunteer parents to just like watch kids while teachers, I guess, got yeah. a break. Well, that's nice. So uh-huh. she was just hanging around school, mm-hmm. and people were like, "What's your mom doing here?" Yeah, yeah she's, she's just hanging out. Leave me alone. What'd your dad do? 
My dad was, he worked at AT&T oh. as like a, an engineer. I think oh, that's yeah. what it is. He yeah. like wrote programs and stuff. Computer guy? Yeah. Wow. Like very smart and really wanted me to be smart too. And, and like I do think I'm like kind of smart, but like academics, oh boy, it's hard. You want me to sit and read and do yeah, problems? I no. Couldn't do it. I'm not a math too hard. guy. I'm not math. I can't do the math. Yeah, it's too hard. Science, that's so I guess too some hard. people got a knack for it. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. Science, yeah. no, I, I, I got an F or an E. The teacher was trying to not fail me, so he gave me an E in chemistry. That's kind. It was kind, but I just couldn't, because chemistry is like math. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I don't know what my brain is broken like that. And algebra, I couldn't figure out algebra. Algebra is so hard. I no, took pre-algebra, algebra. Yeah. Then they put me in basic math because they were like, friend. <laughs> really? <laughs> You're not good at this. Yeah. You're really bad. I feel bad about it. And there's some part of me that thinks like, well, I'm an adult now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's time to tackle math. No. Here's <laughs> the only to. thing you need yeah. in math as an adult who's not in the field of math or whatever quantum physics is to figure out the tip. You move the decimal point one place and then double it and that's 20%. Right. That's the only thing you sure. need to know. Right. Right. That's it. Yep. Some recipes though. Oh. Maybe some fractions, maybe how many tablespoons is in a quarter cup kind of deal. Make those kind of transitions. Like well, some, you have a quarter cup. You have like the I cup. know, but like what if something calls for like six tablespoons? Or it can be like, I can just use the quarter cup and two tablespoons because I know how many oh, tablespoons. Oh, see, that would be nice. Not I. Yeah. I'll do six <laughs> yeah. teaspoons or tablespoons or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I can make those kind of fraction decisions. Oh, see, that's nice. I know. So, uh, all right. So your mom pushes you into the drama. Uh-huh. Yeah, and what what is it? What's happening? And what what plays do you do? So the first play I did, there were so many people who wanted to do the plays that uh, my drama teacher, Miss Sutton, she she did a, a like a a bunch of short plays by Christopher Durang. So yeah, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, so like there's like The Actor's Nightmare, DMV Tyrant. Oh, I can't remember any other ones. Yeah, I forget the one that um, the one that I knew. <laughs> but uh, I guess there was like. 10 of them so like there was just a bunch of yeah. kids in them and I did DMV Tyrant which is just like a frustrating lady at the DMV ah, character and piece a very character piece yeah. and uh, people laughed and really loved it and I was like ooh baby this is what I gotta do for the rest of my life what a treat that was it mm-hmm. ah, getting the laughs yeah it's a uh, it's addicting. It's like what I think maybe shooting heroin's like, where yeah. you're just chasing that high. Sure, but you're like just... I, I think when you shoot heroin, you, your your responsibilities end there. Oh, sure, yeah. Once you do the shot, you're good. <laughs> With the laugh, you gotta keep working. You gotta keep working. Yeah, you gotta do a whole hour of ha ha ha's just to get that fix. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of work. It is. So you just were doing mostly theater in high school. And... Yeah, just theater in high school. We had a spring play and a fall play, so I would do that. Yeah. Um, and then I was also doing track and field at that time. Yeah. I was doing the fat girl sport, which is shot put. Oh, That's really? where they put all the little fatties. Like, oh, you're probably yeah. strong, right? You big. <laughs> so I did that, and then How'd I quit. Go? Well, I was doing pretty good. My coach was frustrated with me. He was like, if you just like worked out and worked a little harder, you could be really good at this. And I was like, but I'm an actor. Yeah, but uh, shot putting, <laughs> a practical skill. Uh-huh, yeah. Throwing I mean, the ball around. You could go to the Olympics or something. Yeah, not for you? No. <laughs> no, I don't want to go to the Olympics. Are you kidding? I and throw was, the heavy ball around? Yeah, no. No. <laughs> Give me a stage. Give me yeah. costumes. Yeah, you have to, every day, have to <laughs> go out to the field after school, <laughs> throw the heavy ball uh-huh. around. Yeah. Not for you. Not for me. Um, and, and then- But you're able to graduate high school somehow? 
Barely. Yeah. yeah, there was Ms. Ernst who worked in the office. She was like, Nicole, you've missed too many days of school. You're not going to graduate. You've missed like two too many. You ditched? Uh-huh. I never went to school. What'd you guys do? Uh, go to Chili's? Like, go to, <laughs> no, you go to the beach. During school, you'd go to the beach or like smoke weed in someone's car or like yeah. whatever. You just like, I didn't want to be there. I haven't talked about ditching school in a while. You had to f- sort of figure it out though. Like you you definitely had a ditch schedule, didn't you? Like I, I can't just want to get in this week. No, I no. really was wild with reckless abandon. Really? I was like, I don't have to go anywhere. And my mom died my junior year. And this sounds awful, but I would just be like, my mom's dead. I'm sad. And people never knew what to say to me. So I'd be like, so I get to leave? Yeah. <laughs> and I'd get out of things. And then Ms. Ernst, I was like, my mom's dead. And she was like, doesn't matter. You miss school. You have to, like, there's consequences. And then I, like, burst into tears. And I was like, you can't make me come back here next year. She was like, if you shut really? up and just come yeah. to school for the rest of the year, I will move. I will remove two of these or whatever. Yeah. So she's the reason why I graduated. Oh, wow. A little sympathy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're probably telling the truth. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's terrible. Yeah, it sucked. When your mom passed away. Yeah. And there was nothing there. It, like, they probably, at that time, at the school, didn't have anything in place to help you th- out through that, did they? No, but I did have a really great guidance counselor who, uh, she, like, let me sit in her office and just, like, talk to her a lot. Yeah. So, like, that was helpful because it was like, okay, there's an adult here who cares. Right. Uh yeah, but it was it was weird. It's it's weird to deal with like I don't know a sixteen year old who's going through who's grieving. Yeah, I mean because like grieving's hard anyways. Yeah, it's hard as an adult. It's I hard as a teen. Yeah, and you you have no control over it. Yeah, and it's horrendous. And so what what about your dad? Was he helpful? Uh, he was a quiet person. Uh, I mean he wasn't unhelpful, but right. you know he was dealing with his own shit. Yeah, I guess so. nobody knows what to do. No. So you, did you become a? Uh, like a, a just a terror after that? <laughs> Not <laughs> a terror, out? but I distinctly remember because, like, my mom, she did most of the like curfew shit or like, yeah. punishment shit, or yeah. like you can go here, you can go there. But my dad was like, "All right, I gotta figure out some of these rules. Like, what is your curfew?" And I was like. <laughs> Midnight? Yeah. And my sister was like 10. Yeah. And he goes, okay, Nicole comes home at midnight and Catherine comes home at 10. <laughs> and I just don't think his like brain was like firing on all cylinders because I'm younger. Right. <laughs> also, like, if one says 10, that's probably correct. Right. Midnight's definitely not correct. Right. We're in high school. Yeah. Um, but it was just funny. We just like, my sister had a, she wouldn't lie. She would tell the truth. Yeah. So she would, you know, be home at 10 live in the truth yeah and i was like living in this weird world that i was making up on like on the fly like yeah i'm allowed to go in the city alone yeah Yeah. i'm allowed to sleep at this person's yeah and he's like no all right oh wow so he was really kind of uh like a math brain guy yeah checked out yeah and your mom was the one who was on top of everything Mm -hmm. oh my god so you (laughs) must like liberated in sadness Uh uh-huh were you angry too probably yeah. yeah yeah yeah, have you you haven't dug any of that stuff up? I mean, I have, uh, and I guess it was like my mom was religious, and a lot of religious people were like, "Oh, she's with God or whatever; she's in yeah. a better place." And right. I'm like, I don't know why anybody thinks that's like a good thing to say to anybody. Yeah, because it's like yeah. that. How does that comfort me? Yeah. What about the place where I was at yeah. with her? That yeah. was a nice place. How about you come back here? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess I was angry. And I truly, like, I stopped going to church and stuff. I was like, this isn't for me. Yeah. I don't like this. Yeah. I never, I, I don't, uh, I didn't, I don't find it uh, that covered. No one knows what to say. 
Yeah. You know, and it's like they're trying to say things, uh-huh. you know, like her memory will be a blessing and like a better play. What any of that stuff. The one that I talk about on stage, though, is the one where it's sort of like, well, you know, her she's still here. Her energy the people don't leave their energy still here and i'm like i liked it in in the human form yeah, i don't it was want better when it was her <laughs> like yeah. weird ghost energy yeah, i don't want yeah, that yeah. shit i, I like want the, this person i yeah. want something tangible exactly yeah i don't think people realize how unhelpful they are like when my mom died people kept bringing over like casseroles and shit oh, yeah. we were like we're not <laughs> like the oven still works <laughs> It's, but it's like it's what it, they want to help, yes. and I think it's it's nice for them to. That's what people do. They try to show up for mm-hmm. you, but there's nothing anybody can do. You're going to go through it on your own, no matter yeah. what. You know, I just got tired of crying in front of strangers. To be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> so again, yeah. anybody would walk up like, "Hey, I heard." Oh God. You know, yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't think you even have to say I heard. Yeah. I think maybe you just hug somebody. Yeah, that's right. It's like, oh, okay. But it was COVID, so it was even weirder. Oh, God, so I was just, yeah. Like, crying on my porch and friends with. <laughs> and people are like six like, feet away. Exactly. Hey, buddy, if you Sorry. need anything, let me know. You're like, mm-hmm. exactly. Human touch. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, actually, I'm, I'm not great with the human touch. So oh, okay. it, it worked out for me. <laughs> The, the human touch part, uh, you know, when it's just uh, supportive and pleasant and nice, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to help you out. It's a little squirrely. Fair. Yeah. 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 I don't really like being touched either. Yeah. I don't mind making out with people. You don't like making out? No, I don't mind that. I oh, don't, mind, don't that. mind that kind of touching is oh, nice. Yeah, but that's the, nice. They're just a sort of like, I don't understand why, what's happening now. Yeah. I'm trying to get better with human touch. Yeah. <laughs> like... Just <laughs> my best friend Sashir, uh, yeah. she was like, "Yeah, you know." I've talked to her. She's one of my favorite people in the whole. She was on world. here. You do a podcast with her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What did yeah. she say? She, I told her I was like, a friend of mine told me I was, uh, I was not very affectionate. She was like, "Yeah, you're not." And I was like, "I'm not." She's like, "Yeah, you know, every time I try to hug you, you run away and you like act like it's a bit." She's like, "I don't think it's really a bit." And I was like, "Oh no, I guess it's not a bit." So now when we hang out, I like make an effort to touch her, and it's really calculated because like I'll be like, "Oh yes, touch her to say goodbye," and I'll be like, "Goodbye," and like lift my hand up, and really? <laughs> she's like, "One day you'll be natural." Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so, working on it. But so it's not the impulse, though. You got to. No, kinda... I have to like really think about I was it. Like that too. I, I've I've been like that for years. Like even in. Like in relationships, mm-hmm. romantic relationships, you know, like just sort of like when people snuggle, I'm sort of like, oh. Yeah, oh, I'm not really awesome. a snuggler either. I'm trying to get better at it. But it's like it doesn't, it's supposed to feel good. It is supposed to feel good. So if, you, if it doesn't, <laughs> if it doesn't quite feel good, what are we getting better at? You're trying, you're doing it for them and maybe you'll get used to it. I'd like to think, I don't know, why does it feel so fucking intrusive? I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. Because to me, I'm just trying to figure out what is it. What is it? Why? Why do I? Why does it bother me? I don't, I'm trying to. I I've thought about it. Maybe it's like I guess it's because I'm this person, you're that person, and yeah. why should we touch some of that? Yeah, I also like because of my insane kind of body image. I don't like. I don't like when people touch my body. It reminds me of my body. Mm, maybe that's what it is. Do you- you know but I, I mean? like my body. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like my body on and off. But when yeah. people touch it, like, I'm like, what? You know, why? What are you thinking about it? Yeah. What are, Am I too your... lumpy? What's going on? Did you feel a fat roll that you didn't like? Exactly. Yeah. That's what, like, you know, why? You just... I don't know why I have these things. It's because of, uh, of my mom. Probably. So what happened? So 
your your mom passed away. You're 16, and did you did you continue doing theater and stuff? And like, yeah. So I did? told my dad. My dad wanted me to go to Rutgers, um, New Brunswick. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, state school, you get like some money sure. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's I not said, a bad school, right? It's not bad. And they had Mason Gross, which is like their acting program. Yeah. And I said, no, I need to go to New York City. Yeah. It's where actors go. So no college. No, well, I tricked him. I went to a, a conservatory, a two-year conservatory that was like in conjunction with the new school university. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I'll do my two years of conservatory, and then I'll go get a degree. What was that like, the conservatory? Oh, it was a bunch of bullshit. It yeah. was, I learned more at UCB than I did paying just like triple the amount I paid for UCB classes. But was it, was it <clears throat> a traditional acting thing? Um. Kind of tradition, I guess. I don't know. We did improv, acting for TV and film, acting for commercials, and acting for the stage. Um, it was just like a, a lot of old people who are just like, you're bad. Like, just mean people. Oh, so so it was like one of those classes where you do a scene and then everyone talks at you? Yeah. And they were people, they were new school people, so they were people. No, no, no. So it's the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. Oh. I don't say the name often because I don't want them to claim me because they taught me nothing. Okay, <laughs> got it. Um, but yeah, so like we would do these classes. You would work uh, outside of class with your scene partner, present the scene, mm -hmm. and then we would talk about why it was good or why it was bad. So the old people were the teachers, you mean? Yes. Right. Uh, and it just, I don't know, it wasn't, for me, not helpful. It was yeah. not, and they were like, you shouldn't audition while you're here. And it's like, but that's what we're trying, what? Right. And they're like, no, you need to concentrate on your studies. So that was like weird. Um, and then after I graduated, I like, I don't know, just like fucked around New York for a minute. And yeah. I was like, I don't, how do you act? And I went So you on, did two years of that? Two years. Wow. And then and you were commuting or you lived in the city? No, I lived in the city. Where'd you live? Uh in their dorms the oh, Stratford really? Arms which was on 70th and Broadway mm. and then moved up to they had this like hotel that they like Broadway. rented out really? which was on like 92nd and and uh, Broadway no kitchen? no huh. no no kitchen it was just like this weird shared kitchen that we all had that was disgusting right because it was like a bunch of 18 year olds who like didn't yeah. clean up after themselves sure. um, and then I moved up to Harlem after I graduated I moved to like 146th and Broadway, then 125th and Broadway. Stayed how on Broadway. Just yeah, loved yeah. Broadway. Uh, uptown, <laughs> uptown. Uh huh. And it was, uh, how is it like, where, I don't I have no sense of, because my buddy teaches at Columbia, so he's up there. Mm -hmm. But that seems way up there. Did you like it up there? I did. I was like by Columbia. So like 125th and Broadway right, right. is like Pretty close. real Columbia territory. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Uh, I liked it. But the, I just went back and they built all these like huge fucking buildings and it just feels different. Yeah. It doesn't feel homey. It feels nasty. I don't like I don't, it. I don't, know, I don't know who lives in New York anymore. It's weird. I'm, I'm it's, not sure what's going on there. I don't. It's I, different. It is, right? Yeah. But not because of COVID. It was different no. before COVID. Yeah. It's just like, you know, little cute restaurants are closing and yeah. cute little shops are closing. It doesn't feel like the people that work... The people that work in the city can't live there anymore. Yeah. So you're just sort of like, who want, and you feel like a lot of the buildings are empty or something. Yeah. It's it's weird. Because it's like a lot of people just like holding Investing. investments. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's weird. It is. I lived on, I was a downtown guy. I never lived uptown. Oh, yeah? yeah. Where downtown? I lived on second between A and B for a couple of years, nice. way back in the 80s. Uh -huh. And I had, a, I was at um, 16th and 3rd okay. for a while in this old building. Yeah, those were the two primary New York residences. Yeah. So after the acting, you got, or do you start auditioning? What happens? Or you, you um, got out of the acting school and you're like, I don't know how to do this? Yeah. I kind of fucked around for a while. 
I was working at a, I call it Lame Giant. It's a plus size store called Lame Bryant. Uh, <laughs> people didn't like it when I said it there. Um, worked there for a little bit, quit there, was a waitress, and then. I was waitressing, horrible. Oh, I was bad at it. Yeah. Like, there, I don't have a good memory. I have ADHD. I would yeah. go to tables and forget my little pad to write things down, and then they'd start ordering, and I yeah. never knew how to be like, I won't remember this. And I would try sometimes, and I'd get to the computer, and I'd be like, I don't know. So I'd go back to the table and be like, okay, guys, yeah. second chance. Did you want to change anything? And they'd be like, no. And I'd be like, okay, well, you got to give it to me again, because I don't know. And then I would always forget to put in like a kid's order, so like yeah. everyone would have their food, and the kid would be in the corner, and he'd be uh, sad. And I'd be like, I don't know, it's the kitchen. And I'd be like, someone make chicken fingers for me. Uh, uh, bad, bad waitress. Bad Made good money, though. Yeah, why? Great being a, how money. do you make good money? Money being a bad waitress. Uh, char- charisma. Oh, people were like, she's funny. Oh, you did. We got to get her out of here. Yeah, <laughs> give her enough money, and she don't have to work here no more. <laughs> so, so you were like the uh, the endearing bad yes. waitress. Very that like, people enjoyed their experience <laughs> with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I would drop drinks all the time. I couldn't balance yeah. a tray. Yeah. So I would bring drinks two at a time. People would be like, are you kidding? And I'd be yeah. like, no. Yeah. Uh, no one taught me how to open wine, so I would bring a wine bottle to a table. Have them do it. And I'd be like, there you go. <laughs> Leave the wine key there. And once, I'll never forget this. I served a table white wine, and they were yeah. like, can we have a bucket? And I was like, you going to drink it out of a bucket? <laughs> they were like, no, a bucket with ice. And I was like, you want ice in your wine? <laughs> and then I went back to my roommate, Jen, who also worked there, and I was like, Jen, these people want to drink their wine out of a bucket, but they keep looking at me weird when I keep saying they want to drink out of a bucket. And she's like, to keep it chilled, Nicole. And I was like, oh. She's like, the bottle goes in. And it blew my mind. I was like, oh, I'm so dumb. Oh, good uh, moment, though. But then I found UCB. And yeah. then <laughs> How'd you find that? Um, I Googled, what do actors do when they're not acting? Really? <laughs> and it was like improv. Yeah. And then I looked up improv theaters, and there was The Pit, The Magnet, and UCB. And I applied to be an intern at The Pit, and they rejected me. Who? In that, what year is that? This was, my dad died in... Your dad died too. Yeah, 2010, I believe, because I moved to LA and no... 2008, I think. How'd you this want, is how'd terrible. Hold on. I have a tattoo. Of? My, the date. Okay, 2008. <laughs> <laughs> What's that tattoo for? It, it's the date he died, so I can remember, because oh. I have a terrible memory. Oh, wow. Yeah, then my mom's date is on my ankle. Uh, truly, just an awful memory. Yeah. And I was like, these, these are two dates you I should remember. remember. <laughs> How'd they die, though? Um, my mom had a, it's called deep vein thrombosis. Oh. So it was a blood clot in her leg that traveled to her heart and stopped her heart. And it was just like a sudden thing. And oh. just, yeah. we didn't know it was happening. Yeah. And then my dad died of a, a heart attack. Wow. How old was he? He was 54, oh. 56. Wow. He wasn't 60 yet. He was in so young. mid-50s. Yeah, both of them were young. Both of them were in mid-50s. And oh my God. So that must have been devastating. Yeah, it really fucking sucked. Yeah. It was it, not fun. And and you just started doing improv? Yeah. So my dad hated the city with like, just a, he just didn't like it. He didn't like the people. He was yeah. like, it was too much. It was too dirty. And uh, I started taking classes and I asked him, I was like, will you come to my graduation show? It would be very meaningful for me. And he was like, okay, fine. Yeah. And then he died the third week of my class. And then the first joke I ever wrote was, uh, oh God, what was it? It was, uh, my dad would rather die than watch his daughter do object work. Uh, 
which was too dark for audiences. They did not like it. <laughs> because <laughs> because what was what do you have to say there? The punchline had to be like, no, he died. Yeah, he's actually dead, guys. <laughs> like truly, he did not want to watch me dribble an imaginary basketball. He dead, dead. Well, it's so weird to uh, pro- processing grief with comedy is so uh, it's it's necessary for us, mm-hmm. you know, but if you don't have the right distance from it, there's no way to do it. Yes. And, you know, until you, you have a little bit, you're a little grounded. Like mm-hmm. if you're just sort of like, you know, I got to do that, you know, <laughs> like, cause if the, if you don't have any sort of closure on the feeling, uh-huh. people are going to know, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're like, I just oh, want to no. tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh no, she about to have a breakdown exactly. on stage. Exactly. <laughs> I've had breakdowns on stage, I think. Have you? When I was younger, sure. But it's usually anger. Mm. It was usually like, fuck you, people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've done that. I yeah. got real burnt out in 2019 because I was- uh, Recently. Yeah. I was on the road, I would say, almost every weekend of that year. Like, truly just like- Hammering that special? Well, yeah. I was trying to sell the special in 2019. But that was the material from Big Beautiful Weirdo? Mm-mm. No. So half of it was in oh. Big Beautiful Weirdo. Um, and then half of it I did during COVID because I was like, oh, no, I guess I got to add a little bit of COVID stuff. And yeah. things were happening. And I was like, oh, that would be interesting to put in the special. But uh, I was trying to sell a special in 2019. I was just getting tired. Yeah. The audiences, yeah. You, they forget that you're a person sometimes that like- sure. If you yell at me, sure, maybe I'll roast you or whatever. But right. also, like, maybe I had a really bad day earlier, yeah, <laughs> and I just sure. don't want to deal with that. Right? Uh, there was one show where I, I screamed, "You're all trying to break me!" And then yeah. I laid down on the floor and was like, "Will you all shut up if I stand back up?" Wow! And they were like, "Ha ha ha!" And I was like, in my brain, I was like, "I think I'm have. I don't know if I'm all right right now." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I finished the show and it was fine. But well, they, then probably people didn't really notice. Yeah, they, they're, they're sort of like that was interesting. That was funny. Yeah. Wow. What, what's your audience mostly like? Because you're popular. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. My audience is gay men, fat women, uh, <laughs> uh, black women who sound like me. What and does then, that mean? Well, sometimes people go, you sound white or yeah, whatever, which right. is like, I don't know, I'm black, so to me, I sound like a black woman, because sure. that's who I is. Yeah. So, yeah, women who've been told their whole lives that they don't sound like oh, interesting. their ethnicity black enough. or whatever. Yeah, black enough or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then women who drag their boyfriends, and then their boyfriends at the meet and greet go, I've never heard of you one day in my life, but you're pretty funny, you should keep going. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I've uh, never needed that. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> Thank you, anonymous man. Halloween couples that want to have a threesome. Oh, them? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, has that happened? No. (laughs) No. It's never sexy after a show where- It's the worst. I've I've had that happen maybe twice, where you've got a couple and they're kind of like, so what are you doing? Uh I'm like, not this. Not this. I'm going to sleep because I have two shows tomorrow. Just the idea? Like, what are they thinking? Like, I don't you're know. Just, you're just done with the show. Like, <laughs> all right, let's go have some awkward time <laughs> at your fucking house. Uh huh. No. No, thank you. But I, I, I imagine. Is did you ever do like cabaret stuff? No. Or am I? Gen- am I being somehow generalizing? It just seems that like the gay men audience <laughs> is a very specific thing. <laughs> yes, and sometimes. I want to generalize. Sometimes they're very unruly and really want to be part of the show. And right. They like to yell at me and stuff. But uh, for the most part, they're pretty well behaved. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, I, they just, they must love you. I 
think so. It's a good audience to have. They've got I have money. Like a really good audience. Yeah. Like uh sometimes I'll do shows and after the weekend they're like, Your audience was so nice, they tipped well. Right, yeah. They yeah. uh they, they're they're grown up people they, uh-huh. and they have their money. They do. But also I have a podcast where I talk about bad shows. <laughs> You do? <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, if you go to a show, you be quiet, you tip well, you ha 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 the, <laughs> the appropriate times, yeah. you don't scream at people. Yeah. So I've like kind of trained my audience, although oh, so I started know. doing more crowd work and I'll ask a question and I'll just be met with like blinking. And I'll be like, you can talk to me now. Uh, I'm asking a question. I want a response. Trained them too but good. But I said it too many times. Yeah. Yeah. So what do the, uh, the uh, heavy ladies expect? Um, I just think... The older I get, the more I'm like, representation is important. And I think it's when you're a fat woman who maybe doesn't have confidence or doesn't feel comfortable in their body, watching a woman who is pretty comfortable in their body and confident, I think that might be like a little helpful. I don't want to say inspirational. That seems wild to say about yourself. But but have people said it about you? Yeah, people have been like, oh, you've inspired me to wear tank tops in the summer, crop tops. And I mean, I only really started doing that in 2015. I'm going out naked because of you. <laughs> I'm showing people my pussy. And I'm like, that's too far. <laughs> but good for you for being comfortable and confident. Yeah, so it's a... Uh, yeah. feels good when people are like, yeah, I woke up one day and was like, fuck it. Yeah. Who, like, uh, How long did, did you have to like do work around this stuff? Not necessarily work, but I would wear like a short sleeve cardigan or like a cap sleeve in the summer. And then one summer I was like, I'm just hot. And I don't think my arm fat is really that offensive. Right. Or like my stomach. I don't think that's super offensive. And then I went to Palm Springs with a friend. I was wearing a bikini. This older man was staring at me. So I just looked at him and I was like, you like what you see? And then he like really (laughs) had a moment. Like I was like, oh, I think I like... Broke. unlocked something in him like he was like i do like what i say you broke him i did break him a little bit and then i thought i was like well if someone yeah. says something nasty to me or like stares at me i'm like i interrupted their day that means i'm like kind of powerful yeah and i was like well that's fun yeah and then people are like you're promoting obesity i'm like how i'm not getting money from big obesity like nobody like what do you mean <laughs> they promoting? don't call it that <laughs> they just call it at the food industry yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm not getting a cut i'm not yeah. promoting shit you sick go to the doctor you're not getting a cut from the butter cake people <laughs> but uh promoting obesity yeah that's a thing people like to say no kidding uh-huh yeah that must uh that's a, I, that's a whole different type of Karen. It's weird because it's like you wouldn't say to someone wearing glasses like you're promoting glasses. And it's like, no, nah, it's just I wear glasses. And it's like, I just exist as a fat. Do you want me to not? Well, I think that I think people associate it with poor health. Sure. You know, uh, but I also like pole dance and shit. And I like post those videos. And I'm like, I'm strong. Like, I'm a strong person. And I do move my body. I, I, people are. People are just rude. Did, yeah, no, no question. Did you have to like? Well, I guess with in terms of like, was there a period where you needed? To, did you talk to a therapist about processing stuff? Or Not never? about my body. No? no, I when I worked at Lame Giant, I would wear like. <laughs> skin tight stuff and yeah. one day my manager was like you know that's not appropriate and I was like this is a fat people store <laughs> where the fats come and I'm fat and you're fat she was built like Shrek I loved her the fat she like it just was so wild to me that she was like that's inappropriate and I was like 
what? Yeah. That was like confusing. That was like one of the things that like kind of unlocked my brain that I was like, even fat people are uncomfortable with fatness. Yeah. And it's like, it's just something that you have. Right. And you can change it. Sure. If you want. Yeah. If you don't want to like, I don't know, go for a walk every day. Make sure you're a little healthy. I don't know. <laughs> It's, it's a lot. It's a lot of uh, bullshit wrapped up in bodies and fats. weight. And <laughs> you like that? The fats? Yeah. yeah. yeah the fats are coming. <laughs> no, my mother's terrified of it. My mother was an obese young person. Mm-hmm. And her reaction to that, mm-hmm. like she destroyed all the pictures of herself that existed. No. Yep. Of her with weight. And she became, you know, fairly profoundly anorexic mm-hmm. in a way, but then just sort of made it her way of life. Like she's not inherently that unhealthy, mm-hmm. but maintaining her weight was like her priority for most of her life. That bums me out because it's like she I made me crazy. Yeah, yeah. That... It was all about she. So she once said, "You know, if you were fat, I don't know if I could love you." <gasps> <laughs> That's the wildest fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah. How interesting. Because of her own her own shame. But it's like if mm. you're a nice person. Yeah. And he got a little bit of fat. Like, yeah. it's okay. I don't know. She was just so uncomfortable with everybody else's fat. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, there you She'd go. She'd hate me. She'd no, go, she wouldn't. Oh, no. She likes people, but it's just sort of like in her mind, because of her feelings mm-hmm. about her self-image or whatever it was, she assumes that you must be going, you must be just feeling as bad as her interesting maybe i don't know i don't think about it too much huh i just worry about my own fucking dumb <laughs> food things i mean sometimes i look in the mirror and i'm like oh boy i don't mm. like this today yeah. but then i'll like put on a bunch of makeup and put on a fun outfit and be like huh, that was dumb earlier <laughs> you look really fun <laughs> so when did uh so the the classes who was teaching there? Who were the people when you were there at UCB? You went through the whole thing? Yeah. So Sylvia, Sylvia Ozels, she was my first teacher. Yeah. Kevin Hines was another teacher. Um, Porter Mason was another teacher. Shannon O'Neill. Curse hmm. mm, Gwynn. Who was in your classes? People we know? No, not really. Yeah, I don't uh, think any of those people perform anymore. Huh. Uh, but I did meet Sashir through UCB. Uh-huh. Uh, Sylvia, my 101 teacher and my 301 teacher, had to put together a group of women from different levels, and she yeah. had me and Sashir there. And I remember performing with her, and I was like, boy, she's cool. Oh, boy. Yeah. And she's funny. Yeah. I want to make her my friend. <laughs> yeah. Which is, now it feels insane that I was like, I'm going to make this woman I my d- friend. I and then that. I did it. Yeah. I've done that before. It's something, I mean, it's, it's, you probably get, you know, one out of five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other four are like, no, oh, here she no, comes. Oh, God, Nicole's here again, and she's so happy about it. <laughs> she's going to want to talk to us. Oh, she loves talking and smiling. I don't want it. But yeah, so but you got liked Sashir. it. Good, it's yeah. stuck. She's Did you guys improvise a lot together? Yeah. yeah, we had a group called Doppelganger. Uh, it was me, Sashir, and another woman, Keisha Zoller, and... Yeah, we performed a lot for years and years and years, and we like traveled and did festivals and stuff. With the UCB? No, so like- Oh, you were an act. Yeah, we were a traveling improv act, which sounds insane. The doppelgangers? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, doppelganger. Uh, We would go to like Canada and stuff for like Canadian festivals, and I feel like- So that was your first like sort of like touring stage work? Mm Mm-hmm. And you would do mostly sketch festivals, or what were they? We would do improv festivals. Oh, uh, wow. I didn't even know they existed. Of course they did. <laughs> yeah, the one we Was went- it, But they weren't competitions. 
No, but we did win Best of the Fest at one of them. I think that was the Vancouver Improv Festival. I don't know if that still happens. I like Vancouver. I like Vancouver, too. It's a nice, friendly town. Very friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost too friendly. Sort of like, what's going on here? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I, I just I, I think I do a joke up there. It looks like the whole city was built out of a kit. <laughs> uh, that's funny, because, yeah, it, that's, looks it like does. That, right? It's just like adorable and perfect. Yeah, like modern, uh-huh. sort of general, <laughs> modern architecture. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so you improv for a while. Mm-hmm. And are you auditioning? Do you start to get stuff? Yeah, so I was auditioning then. Uh, the first thing I got was this uh, Nestle commercial for Israeli Nestle. And they flew me to Romania. Really? To shoot it, and it was like a five thousand dollar buyout, and I was like five thousand dollars and a trip to Romania. Ah! Yeah, it was yeah. wild. Yeah, Romania is crazy. I, I mean, not crazy, but yeah. it was like my first time out of the country, so yeah, yeah. it was crazy to me. Yeah, I got picked up in a Mercedes. I didn't realize that they're so much cheaper over there. Yeah. I was like, this is it. cloth seats in a Mercedes is crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of Mercedes what is, is this? It? This what seems like this? a Mercedes I could afford. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I remember they like yeah. had to put me in a harness to make it look like I was flying. And the stunt man was like, "Hello." I mean, is it racist if I do his accent? No. I don't know. What can I do? No, I mean, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think enough people know a Romanian accent. Okay, and I'm probably doing a bad one, but That's he was fair. like, "Hello." I put the biggest man I could find in this harness and hoisted him up so I know it is ready for you. He was smaller than you, but I don't think you'll fall. And I was like, wow, thank you. I didn't need to know any of that. <laughs> Thanks for the self-esteem Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh-huh. You're in the harness. But also I was bigger than everybody in Romania. They are small people. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. everyone was so tiny and I was like, Boy, oh boy, but also I have a bad death reception problem, so maybe I wasn't as big as I thought I was. Yeah. I thought I was 5'7 until this year. I'm 5'5. Five, five. You're 5'5. Five, five. Oh. Yeah, two whole so, inches shorter. So uh, what were you doing in the harness? Oh, swinging around like a, fi- like a fairy, and they used like, fishing wire to like maneuver me around, and I had to help oh. a little bit. How's that not on the internet? I don't think it is. <laughs> I had it on my YouTube page, and I thought it was private for a very long time, and I was sitting with my friend, yeah. and he was like... It's not private. He's like, you. it's not private at all. He's like, look at all the views. And I was like, oh, no. So then I made it private because I was like, I don't need the world to see this. Uh, um, and then I got. great. It's a wild commercial. <laughs> it's truly wild. Yeah. Um, and then one of like the very first like TV jobs I got, I was doing yeah. like little like, there was a website called Jest or Jax or something. I don't know, like little comedy videos here yeah, and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. What, Josh? Jo- Josh. Jo- Josh. Yeah. Like those I remember videos. when they started that. It was like they tried to get everybody on board. Mm-hmm. I remember they approached everybody. Reggie Watts, Sarah Silverman. Uh-huh. Those were like the core people, but it, I don't, did it go anywhere? I don't remember it. Jash. It was around for a little bit and then it went away. I don't know if any of those videos like, I remember. Well, yeah, I remember there was like meetings. It was one of the, like, because I noticed that about like a lot of the stuff you do. You're definitely of the age of like new media mm-hmm. business, but I remember Josh was the first sort of like, you know, you know, they were trying to make a, a comedy content mill. Yes, that was like funny or die. I don't mm-hmm. know if it, which was first or what. I think but I Josh think, was first, and then College Humor, and then Funny or Die. Right, because Josh just sort of like didn't. Yeah, I don't think they ever really found their footing. Right, or right. What but I remember I went to a meeting there. They had a building. Yeah. they had money at the uh-huh. beginning. 
Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you did stuff for them? Yeah, a couple videos here and there. Then UCB, we would do videos. And then me and Sashir did videos. And then I got uh, just a real bit part on 30 Rock. And I was like, she's arrived. Yeah. Uh, truly, I'm in the tag of an episode. So like, you blink, you'll miss it. Like my yeah. grandmother was like, you're excited about that? And I was like, bitch, yes. <laughs> um, and yeah. then I got Girl Code on MTV. And then things started happening that was it yeah that was one of those uh, talking head ones yeah where uh it was girls talking yeah girls about... talking about like periods yeah. or like oh my god when when is he your boyfriend yeah right uh yeah themes that never go bad that never go away correct always a constant universal themes yes. that never expire yes so yeah. you were one among many yeah there was 10 of us i think something like that um and i auditioned for it and I didn't I like watched an episode of Guy Coach to be yeah. like okay I get the show and I was like I don't know what this audition's gonna be like cause it's just talking Yeah. so then I did the audition I was talking and I was like I think I did bad Yeah. and then my manager called and was like no you got it and I was like oh <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And I had moved to LA at that point. For whatever reason, they flew me back to New York to shoot it. Yeah. We just sat in front of a green screen. Right. And there are green screens in LA. Sure. But they said, no, thank you. Well, MTV was in LA. Well, there's one in Santa Monica. There's an office there, but they flew me all the way to New York. Um, They might have been competing. The two offices. (laughs) Maybe. That was cast out of New York. Maybe. I don't know. You never know. Who knows? But yeah. Uh, And then. How long was that gone for? What? I think maybe two, three years. So you'd b- do a bunch and they put it in the can yeah. and then you'd never know. It'd just show up in different episodes. Yeah. And you never knew what, what you said would make it until what sure. episode. But you were picking up some traction. Uh-huh. A little bit of traction. Mm. I didn't know how many episodes I was doing because I never asked questions. Right. I booked this one Comedy Central commercial where they were like, meet us at 54th and Broadway or 8th or whatever and get in this van and we'll take you upstate and that's where we're shooting. I didn't ask a single question. And I was <laughs> you like- didn't even know if it was Comedy Central? Who knows? I was like, you could murder somebody <laughs> yeah, this this way, like what they do, what? they do murder people that way, but yeah, didn't ask a single question. And finally, I was like, How many episodes am I doing? They're like, All of them, and I was like, Really? <laughs> oh, wow, that's a treat. I like this. This is MTV for no money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you did all right, though. Huh? No, no. <laughs> it's not, it's not an unknown thing. I mean, it's wild how little they pay. I don't want to shit on yeah. them because they did give me an opportunity. Well, that's, but that's what they hang over you. Yes. They're like, it's exposure. And you're like, okay. And I did say in one episode, I was like, it's funny. I'm on television and I still babysit to pay my bills. <laughs> and they thought that was funny and left that in an episode. <laughs> wow. And I was like, I that's it's not, <laughs> I, I don't think that's funny. It yeah. sucks. It's, it's it not sucks. good. doesn't make you look good. No. The network. <laughs> Yeah, I babysat for a very long so that, time. But when we, that was 2013. Yeah. Huh. Like, I have no idea what happened. Like, because I'm, I, again, I'm, my, the age difference is enough for me to, like, I don't even know what MTV was. I don't even know what was on MTV <laughs> in 2013. Oh, you got your teen moms. You got your Jersey Shore. Uh, um, uh-oh. Yeah. Ridiculousness. No music anymore. No, it's gone. Yeah. It's been gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about it. No, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but by the time you were there, there was no music. No music. All funny, weird reality mm-hmm. shows. So what happens after, how do you start, do you start getting recognized on the street and stuff? Yeah. Right. Which was very, very, very strange. People are like, I know you from GoCo. And I'd be like, oh my God, okay, hi. Yeah. Um, and then people be like, I want a picture. And uh, I didn't realize how... Uh, 
excited people get when they see someone right. from TV. Like sure. it was overwhelming at yeah. first. People were shaking in front of you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I started doing um, stand up specifically because colleges were like, oh, this is a popular show. Kids like it. Uh, the cast members could come do stand up. And I was like, I could do a sketch and improv. And my manager at the time was like, no, learn how to do stand up. Who's your like, manager? Oh, this person I do not work okay. with anymore. Sure. Yeah, it ended yeah. poorly. Okay. Um, but uh, the one good thing he did say to me was like, people are offering you money and it's as if you're not walking to the table to pick it up. So Figure learn how to do it. Yeah. And he's like, and if you don't love doing it, you don't have to do it. But like, you might like it. You like performing. And I was like, okay. And it's colleges. Yeah. So, yeah. And he kind of, I don't want to say you can be shitty at a college but there's a little bit of a grace period yeah because it's like i was 22 23 they're 18 we're kind of at the same pinnacles of our right. life and also like those crowds a lot of them are, are too young to go out and do other things yes yeah. and you know sometimes they're lunchtime shows or mm-hmm. weird you, you know and they don't really know they're like they're like newbies to uh-huh. life and it's their first time away, so there was a vulnerability there. They're not. Yeah. They're not going to boo you. No, <laughs> uh, but some of them do. I've had some real bad shows, but uh, really because of what bad eggs in the audience? Just they're just like we don't want jokes. We want you to talk to us. Like uh, it was. I think it was Louisiana. I went yeah. to a show there where they just weren't into jokes. And then I did some crowd work, had a kid come on stage. They like loved that, and I was like, "Can I go back to my material?" And they're like, "Whatever." Oh. Went back to material, and they're like, "No." So then I was like, oh, okay, I'll just talk to you then. And then they loved that. So it's like, you just got to figure it out sometimes. It's just crowd work. So yeah. wait, did you go out and do clubs? So I started doing colleges and then I started doing clubs. And clubs are where- Do you where... like it? Stand up? I do. Mm. I do. I don't love a club. I like, in the beginning, <laughs> I think I still have like PTSD from the beginning of doing it because- Real adults didn't know who I was, so it was just people coming to see whatever comic sure. is there for the weekend. Yeah, I know how that works. And sometimes when you're in a Republican city, some, you know, like what? white Republican people will go, oh, I don't want to hear the opinions of a black woman uh-huh. who's opinionated and has a point of view or whatever. And I would get heckled by them sometimes and like get like I got into an altercation with a couple people where I'm like, what is it? Is it you don't like me? No. Great. You can leave. No. Oh, (laughs) well, we're at a crossroads here. You don't want to leave. I don't want you here. You have to go. And then it's like, I got to spend my set yelling at people. Wow. Um, But you couldn't get to the, they wouldn't cop to what the hell the problem was? Well, there was one incident where um, I knew if I brought up money with this man, it would really make him angry. I said, I make too much money to deal with you. Yeah. You have to go. And then he finally left and then... I asked the manager, I was like, did he bring up money again? And she was like, he did. And I was like, did he call me a slayer? She was like, he did. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, it's exactly what I thought it was. Yeah. Um, So dealing with that early on was a lot. And these were, you could tell which towns, I mean, it was definitely a regional thing. So you do the colleges and you do a lot of them. Yeah. And then then the manager's sort of like, well, I can, you know, get you on the road. Mm -hmm. And then. uh, So you're headlining. Headlining. Probably at the point where I shouldn't have been headlining. Well, you probably got like, what, 40 minutes maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And then you stretch in, and you try to do different things. It was, it was That's it. Like, hard. I, look, I, I, at another point in my life, I would have been more critical of that birth into comedy mm-hmm. because it was really sort of like the idea, what your manager said about leaving money on the table if you can pull this off because of 
you know, your recognition factor. Mm-hmm. But I mean, working for kids and you know, playing with college kids is one thing, but doing the the real road is like another is thing. It, but yeah, but it sounds like you learned your lesson somehow. I did. What I ended up doing because I was like, huh, these shows go differently than my college shows. Yeah, and I was like. They know me, so they're giving me a little bit of grace with yeah, this, yeah. where people who don't know me are like, go fuck yourself, bitch. This isn't funny. Right. So then I would do shows during the week in LA to be like, if these people like me, hopefully the people on the road will like me. Yeah. So it was a backwards way to get into it, but I knew at some point I had to get good or like figure out how to have a point of view and like right. what do i want to say yeah now i love it now yeah. i love doing stand-up uh i like doing theaters i did the wilbur uh in boston yeah, that's a good one. Oh boy what yeah. a fucking dream man yeah it was nice boston is such a good <laughs> i love boston well it's a good town like Ugh. i lived there for years i started doing comedy in boston mm-hmm. and uh you know there's um it's a weird town. It's it's a little more uh, segregated than you'd think, mm-hmm. but uh, but like they have that student population of about a quarter of a million every year, which gives Holy the shit. illusion of uh, uh-huh. of, uh, of of a of, uh, progressive metropolis. <laughs> but there are pretty good dug in communities there, and and people are excited, and it's a good audience town. Yeah, I like them. I do like some clubs. Helium in Portland's really good to me. I That's love good. them. Yeah. Uh, what about Denver? You do comedy work? Oh, I fucking love comedy work. Right. I had some of the best shows in my fucking life there. Like, yeah. people were just so nice. It's an electric and, room. Yeah. And you, like, feel the energy. It's tight. It's so good. And yeah, then the yeah. DC improv is also. Oh, I've been there in a while. It's a good room. I love yeah. that. How about Acme? Room. You do Acme? Mm, not in yet. In Minneapolis? Uh-uh. No. But you're doing theaters. Well, I would like to like transition to doing like small theaters. Yeah. I just there's like something about somebody paying like a little bit extra, and then there's no food minimum, and they're there to see you specifically, all of them. Yes. No one's wandering into a theater saying, (laughs) "Who's here tonight? Who's this bitch? Okay. (laughs) Oh, I like her. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So the point of view kind of evolves because it seems like you're a fully sort of formed comedic personality. I think so. And you either like it or you don't like it. And that's fine with me. Um, You know, people have criticized my special a little bit, but also people seem to really like it. What do they they say bad about it? Oh, they're just like, you're not funny or whatever. Um, But also I'm like, did you watch enough that it counted as a view? Yeah. Because that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) So you just keep doing a lot of TV bits here and there, uh, and then you had your own show? I did. I had my own show. It's called Loosely Exactly Nicole. It was on MTV. Then it was on Facebook Watch, and uh, about six people watched it, but I'm like proud of it. I, th- I thought it was a very- Did you a- write it with other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a showrunner, and then this guy, Christian, he wrote the pilot, co-wrote the pilot, um, and then we had a room, and it was fun to be in a room and so to learn how that learn. was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I learned about titles. I thought story editors were like the people who figured out story as opposed to, no, no, you've just been in a room and now that's your title bump. Yeah. Uh, so I learned about that. I learned how to break story. I learned how to outline. I yeah, learned yeah. when you go off on script and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was really, really like 
interesting and it's like an education fun. yeah it's like it was, class. i really loved it but it's interesting that the, it was a like facebook red is that what it was or facebook, facebook watch yeah like like that didn't happen did it <laughs> i mean they had it but it was really hard to find on facebook yeah I, there was just so oh, these weird things i remember them coming up and mm-hmm. being like well this is the new thing it's like is it though yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like everyone said that about netflix and netflix is like we're here to stay well so- netflix like it was did they say that about Netflix? Because Netflix, I feel like people were like, "No." Nah, I was just Netflix, excited that whatever. you could. I, oh, when they switched totally to streaming, mm-hmm. it just sort of evolved. Yeah. I just remember I was excited to be able to rent DVDs. Me too. It was nice. They come right to your house. I you, know. Ooh, yeah. Thank you. It's That's nice. I, I don't. I can't. It's interesting because I can't really remember what the transition to streaming felt like. I feel like it was just a lot of people being like, "I don't know." It's I guess just a I'm day gonna... where you're like, "All right, so now I just it's just on the TV." <laughs> Yeah, it's like you just turn it on, it's there. Yeah, you just look for well, it. Well, not on the TV, it was on the computer. Right, the computer. Right, because it was the computer the first. And then, That's true, yeah. then it transitions to be like you can put it on your TV. Yeah. These monumental shifts in the way we see everything happen. And I'm sort of like, what day was that? <laughs> it, it was gradual. Yeah, it was yeah, a weird, gradual thing. And now you're, uh, you have a hit show on Netflix. Yeah, uh, which is really fucking cool. It's hard. It doesn't happen much. No, it doesn't. And uh, they, they, they seem to keep doing it. Yeah, people like it. It was funny because they were like, it's greenlit. And we're like, okay. And I was like, I don't really know how to host. I don't know anything about baking. And then the show came out, no billboards, nothing. Yeah. And then people just fucking found it. And I don't know how. And then it really snowballed into this, like, really, like, it's a thing. It's, uh, and there's other shows that are definitely in, like inspired by it, which is, like, really cool. Yeah. Um, and then I got nominated for an Emmy, and I was like, oh, my God. Uh, so now I get to lose to RuPaul every year, which is honestly very cool. <laughs> Are you friends with RuPaul? I mean, we're not, like, friends, but um, I've gotten to be on Drag Race, yeah. and Ru is a very kind person yes. and funny. Yeah, Like, oh, yeah. just so funny. Yeah. So you do a lot of the acting, but the, the thing about hosting, it's a very specific thing. It's a skill. So you realize at some point... Because like when when I started doing comedy, when people do, I was talking about this with my producer. There was a time where game show host was a a specific job mm-hmm. in entertainment on television. Primarily, there was there was game shows. There was a lot of them. Most of them were broadcasters of some kind. But now these shows have evolved to a point where the the host is half the show. It mm-hmm. has to be part. Usually, they were just driving the thing, and they yes. could be funny. But now it's like. Yeah, they're all like, the... we want you to help shape what this show is. Because they had an idea, they just didn't know what they, like, how to, not how to execute. But you have a guest ta- a guest celebrity, and you yeah. have the regular chef. Yes, Jacques and then Torres. You, yes, and then you have the people. Yes. And the celebrity's either going to, you know, just chime in or not. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> they're like, no, I guess I'll do it. Yeah. Do I have anything else that day? <laughs> kind of. In the beginning, people were just like, what is this? Yeah. And we had more culinary people in the beginning, and now it's transitioned to more like actors, comics. Yeah. Uh, Aesop Ferg was on an episode, and he truly was like, I don't know, a friend of mine said this was funny, so I came. I was like, okay! <laughs> and then he, had a, he was so fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been interesting. It's uh, it's I'm having fun. And what about the other one? You've done, Now you're like, you host another one too? Yeah, I host Wipeout with John Cena. And that keeps going? Yeah. 
the new season premieres. I should know this. That's all right. But that, this but, month. But that's one of those ones where people are like, all right, you got to make it to the other side. Yes. Without hurting your balls. Yes. And then, yeah, yeah. And it, <laughs> it really tries to hurt you. And the way some of these people fall, I'm like, oh, boy. Uh, will you be okay? <laughs> <laughs> but it is wild to watch these people do the obstacle course. Because there's obstacle course people. Yeah. I got a friend. That's his thing. Really? Yeah. A grown-up person. He does obstacle huh. courses. on like, And they have teams and stuff. Huh. Mud. Ooh. Bikes. Oh. Yeah. All that. I could never. No? Too hard. Yeah. I asked to do the obstacle course, and they were like, maybe. And then I dislocated <laughs> my ankle, and I was like, this is a sign from whoever's out there that I shouldn't do that. Oh, no, you get to a certain age where it's sort of like, yeah, if you're going to hurt yourself, really, you know, consider it. You, you, I don't know. Like, the older we get, you got to, you got to be, you got to train to do shit. Yeah, and you got to stretch real fucking. You got to stretch, yeah. And then you got to stretch good after. I know. Yeah, I, I worked out this morning. I didn't stretch after. Oh no, know. Mark! Oh no! I don't know. I don't know what's gonna You're happen. You're gonna be sore. Something's gonna happen. You're gonna be sore tomorrow. I'm always sore. <laughs> always. I learned how to do a headstand the other day, and I did not stretch very well afterwards. And now I'm just very sore in the shoulders. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, just, so the now you're now you're doing a straight up sitcom. Yeah. The uh, Grand View? Grand Crew. Grand Crew. On NBC. It's a, like a real network. It's, uh-huh. I, watched, I watched a bit of three. There's only three up. Yes. Right now. Uh-huh. And I don't know why Garrett Morris doesn't open all the shows. Um, I, I mean, I don't know either, but- Did you watch him? Yeah. I was there. I was there when he did it. It's funny. He's great. And yeah. very kind and really nice. It was uh, a trip, though, the way he delivered them. Uh-huh. I thought this guy's like, this guy's going to present all of them. <laughs> but that's it. Is he out? That's it. He doesn't come back. Maybe he comes back next season. <laughs> I mean, hopefully we get a second season. Uh, How many have you shot? We shot 10. And it was great. My friend Phil Jackson created it. We used to do improv in New York together. And... It was just surreal to be able to like create a fucking network show with like a good friend that I came up with and Echo Kellum, who's also on the show, who plays my brother. We were on a sketch team for four years together out here. And then Carl Tart, who's also on the show. Uh, we've done improv together at UCB. Aaron Jennings was on the show. He was on Loosely Exactly Nicole, my show on MTV. So like I knew him a little yeah. bit. Um, and then Justin Cunningham and Gracie Mercedes, I didn't know, but like truly are great. They're yeah, yeah. just nice people who are nice to work with. Everyone's nice. And did you put, are you part of the creator? Are you? No, none? no. Phil, he created it. Uh, and then so Dan, you're just cast. Yeah, I was cast. He, yeah. But he wrote it for me. Oh, which yeah, is yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, it seems like a fun show where yeah. people are just young people going through life. Going through life, learning about love, having a good time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Drinking wine. Oh, who doesn't love wine? I drank yeah. a lot of wine last night. Did you? Yeah. How was it? It was good. But then I got home and I burnt a pizza. Okay, I put... So I forgot I need to put it, like, if I use parchment paper, you got to put it in the middle and not close to the top where, like, the The fire is. The parchment burns. Oh, it burned and I opened the oven. I was like, it's smoky in here. And I opened the oven and I was like, the pizza's fully on fire. And I was like, oh, no, do I have to get a fire extinguisher? And I was like, oh, no, just turn off the source of the fire and close it so it can't get oxygen to get bigger. Right. And then yeah. I was like, what are you doing? You got to yeah. go sleep. You, got- <laughs> you almost burned your house. Now you got to go sleep. You got to throw that pizza you away. You got to throw it away and go right to bed. Your punishment is no pizza. <laughs> no pizza for you. You <laughs> fucked that up. 
So now, have you been? Are you done with stand up for the time being, or what? Um. Well, I was supposed to do a show earlier this month to like test out a new hour to like go tour with it. But that got canceled because of uh, the disease. Yeah, Amarion or whatever, Omicron, yeah. whatever. But so you have a new hour. When was Big Beautiful Weirdo? Was that last year? Or two uh, years ago already. I shot that September Labor Day of last year. And you already got a new hour. About I say like forty five minutes. Where you been working that out? Around town. Yeah. Yeah, I've been working out like fifteen minute increments. So like, I opened for Nick Kroll. And I did 10, and then I opened for TIG, and then did that 10 again. I was like, oh, now it's 15. Yeah. And then someone else gave me 20 minutes on another show. And then I was like, oh, okay. So now I've like made that 10 is now 20. Sure. Um, and then I've added some to it. So I think now it's probably like 25. And then I have like a half hour of old stuff that I hadn't. Fold it back in. Yeah. Until I get like a full hour that I'm happy sure. with. Sure. Oh, good. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you don't know when you're gonna. Go I don't know when. I, I don't know. Feels weird to be like, come see me. Maybe you'll die. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm about to go out. I don't know. I uh, I've been doing the store though, like every night. I don't. I, there's some part of me that's sort of like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've done all I can. Yeah, I, I mean, mean are, are we just gonna stay in the house? I can't. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess not. I don't know. <laughs> I get like weird. I I don't know. I've been doing outside shows. Yeah, I didn't do any of those. <laughs> I just wouldn't do it. No, like, nah, fuck that. Well, I just it felt like it just felt like too much of a compromise. Like sure. I, even during the peak COVID, I was like, I can't like I can't bring myself to you know, I love comedy. I don't care if it's during COVID, I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever do it again. Mm-hmm. I, I I literally had that thought of like, maybe I'm all better. Maybe <laughs> maybe I don't need Maybe I this. don't need to leave my house Something. at night right. to get on stage in Perf- front of people and be like, can you please laugh at me so I can sleep tonight? Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but the outdoor shows just felt like doing one-nighters like when I was you know just starting out. Mm-hmm. Like when you do anything, yeah. that's how they felt to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll do anything. Yeah. And I wasn't going to do it. Fair. Yeah. And you did it. Though. I did them. You liked it. Yeah-ish. Well, yeah. I was just like, I need to figure this out and- this might be the future. This, yeah, maybe we're all just going to be outside forever. Um, also, I was, uh, I don't know, I was taking COVID real serious. Because, like, I don't know, I smoke, or yeah. I used to smoke. Mm-hmm. I quit. Did you? Fucking... Are you lying? Did no. you just catch yourself in a lot? No, I quit. Yeah? I quit on the third. It's probably better. I quit years ago. Allegedly. I was on nicotine lozenges for over a decade. Oh, yeah? I loved them. And I, was, I haven't smoked in a long time. But I, it's only been a couple years off the nicotine. I mean... Mm. It is tough. Yeah. I read this book and it's just like, you're addicted. That book? Tee hee hee. The book? The book, The Easy Way to Quit by Alan Carr. You read it. I did. And it did it. It worked. I, not, I mean, kind of. In a way where like, in the book he's like, people leave and they never want to touch a cigarette again. I finished the book and I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. I would love to touch a cigarette again. I would love to fucking smoke, but yeah. like- it's not helpful, not good. Yeah, it's no good. It's not good for anything. No. And uh, then people are like, you're stinky. I'm like, am I? And they're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, no one smokes anymore. Yeah, it's not cool. Nothing. Not cool not at cool all. not cool at all. You got to go smoke Vaping's outside. Gross. Vaping is, yeah, it's not for me. What is in that? I don't know. Exactly. And for whatever reason, I was like, vaping seems worse than an actual cigarette. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, I'll just keep smoking them. But now I don't. Good. And what did you replace it with? Nothing. Yeah. Are you aggravated? How long has it been? The third. What is today? The third? Yeah, today's the 10th. So seven days? Yeah. Oh, so you're just in it. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's great. Well, you're managing pretty well. <laughs> you're doing pretty well. Well, it feels insane because like I have like routines. Like if someone was at my house, we would hang out or whatever. And when they would leave, I would have a cigarette. Before bed, I would have a cigarette. So like now before bed, I'm like, what do I do? I know. I just like stare at my wall till I fucking fall asleep. All right. <laughs> well, now what? Well, you tried to eat a pizza. It sounds like I tried. Yeah, and, and then that caught fire. You so did get like, smoke going though. I did. So just <laughs> just tell me the all these. How many podcasts do you do? Nine. Too many. Um. So there's why won't you date me? Best friends with sisters Zameda, uh Ninety day bay with my friend Marcy, where we talk about ninety day fiance, and then newcomers with Lauren Lapkus. Where we talk about uh, movies that I we just heard seen. from New Jersey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we talk. It, it comes you out talk, talk every about? now and again. <laughs> <laughs> where we talk, talk yeah, about. Yeah, I heard it. Uh, yeah, so we, are these all weekly? Yeah. Oh, so you're busy. Uh-huh. All right, that's good. Uh, are you happy? I think I'm happy. Hmm. Um, who's to say? I guess me. You. Yeah. yeah. You're I'm... the last word on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. Good. Well, it was nice meeting you. Nice talking to you. It was nice talking to you. Yay. We did it. That was Nicole. Always funny. Always going. Again, her series, Grand Crew, is on NBC. New episodes on Tuesday nights. You can see her uh, on it, all the episodes of Nailed It on Netflix, her stand-up special, and all her podcasts. But it was uh, lovely to talk to her.
monkey, LaFonda, cat angels everywhere. Thank <laughs> you.